Hi, I'm Rosie Waterland, and uh, I've got a sexy cold voice because I've lost my voice. So, um, it's like, hey, it's nice. <laughs> I feel like I've dialed a one eight hundred number, and right? Mamma Mia is getting yeah. charged a lot for this call. <laughs> it does sound really like I, I feel like it's sort of sexy, and then my voice cracks, and then it's not sexy. It's just no, croaky. We'll see how we go. Croaky and sick. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> well, I'm Rosie Waterland. <laughs> yeah, we're crazy. I'm Rosie Waterland. And I'm Laura Brodnick. Welcome to Convince Us. This is a summer series of The Binge where we invite people from outside the podcast studio inside to tell us what they think we should be watching because Laura and I are always fighting about what we think the other one should watch, but um, we very rarely put your guys' recommendations on the air, but we get them all the time, and so we thought it's about time we start playing them to everybody through the podcast. It's kind of like an elevator pitch, so you get about a minute to convince us to watch a show. We've done a few with Mamma Mia staffers coming into the studio getting gonged with Stop Right Now by the Spice Girls at the end of their minute. But today, we've got pictures from you guys, the listeners. A bunch of people called in, left really good uh, messages on the pod phone, really good recommendations. So our producer, Eliza Ratliff, chose the three that she thought were the best. Laura and I haven't heard these yet, so we're listening as you guys are listening. Let's listen in to these three listener recommendations and see what we think. reached Mamma Mia podcast. Leave your message after the tone. Rosie Waterland, it's Naomi again telling you to watch The Golden Girls. Don't make me use Twitter, whatever the hell that is. You need to go back to your roots. You need to watch the show. You both need to watch the show so you can truly call yourself a feminist. Oh, what am I saying? Just watch the show. You actually just got scolded via the podcast phone. I don't remember anybody telling me to watch Golden Girls on social media. I think the problem is she said, don't make me go on Twitter. I never go on Twitter either because I hate it. Maybe she's tweeting some other Rosie Wardland who's like, why does this woman want want me to watch Golden Girls so badly? Can I just say, Naomi, that Golden Girls is one of the greatest shows of all time, no doubt. Like, I'm convinced, not just because you gave us quite a sassy phone message, but because it's just amazing. And I feel like she sort of stopped herself from saying it's a feminist show, but a Damn well is. I mean, this was a show that in the 80s had three older women as leads, plus if you include um, the mother. I I always forget her name. But she was fantastic. Yes, she was the best. Plus she was the same age as the three of them anyway. She just looked way older. But um, had three older women as the lead, plus an older woman as the, um, like, side character. It touched on stuff like gay marriage. It's touched on stuff uh, like, you know... uh, single women having babies, which this was the 80s, so that was a huge deal. It, um, But I think the main kind of feminist message in it was that you don't need a man in your life to give you self-worth and value. These women lived together and loved each other and they were hilarious and independent and intelligent and brilliant and... They didn't meet men for any exactly. of that. It was kind of our first big show about just female friendship. Like before Sex and City, before mm. Younger, like I think every show kind of builds on that. 
Definitely. And it's still funny. I watched a couple of episodes the other day because they're always on reruns in the afternoon and it still holds up all those crazy situations they get each other into. They're sometimes like a little bunch of naughty kids living in a house together and the crazy stuff they get up to. And even when they bicker and they love each other at the end of the day, it's so sweet. Brilliant actresses. But also I think, even though it was the 80s and technically it was earlier, I think the sitcom writing in the 80s was often a little naughtier. It was because it could be. Like things tend to get very sanitized now. Whereas back then, I think they got away with a lot more and the show could be quite naughty. And the actresses, I mean, Betty White, Rue McClanahan, McClarahan? I never, McClanahan. Yes, McClanahan. I mean, she was a Broadway actress. And so the way she acted with a particular kind of timing and her like sense of comedy and her sense of um, showmanship and being on stage brought something, I think, to the sitcom that it really needed it. And it really gave it this kind of fresh, hilarious, uh, performance take on what could otherwise have been a quite, you know, a stale, boring sitcom like any other. Like, it was the quality of those actresses that made it so brilliant. And kind of sad that I think they're all dead now except Betty White, no? Yes, that's oh, true. No. <laughs> but still, it's oh, worth going back and watching. It's it like is the ultimate. worth going back and watching. Where can we watch it, Laura? Um, on iTunes. Right, like yeah. Many seasons, many episodes there. It's a good summer binge watch. All right, and you know that I love to sing the theme songs, and I figure since I've got an epic cold, I'm going to try right now, and it's going to be amazing. Are you ready? You ready? Go. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Oh my god. Keep going. <laughs> that was a treat for our listeners oh at home. If you're oh. playing this like out loud, you might want to mute that part. Alright, I think we'll just end it there for today. Thank you so much for calling in, Naomi. Alright, Laura. We've got the next one now. A brave listener is going to step into the, what did we call it last week? The binge dome. The, 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 the arena. The binge the, arena. The binge arena. Good <laughs> luck. You've reached Mamma Mia podcast. Leave your message after the tone. Hi, I'm redoing my pitch from last night because I wouldn't even have listened to me. Um, I'm Alina from Brisbane and I'm recommending Catfish and Teen Mum to Rosie and Laura. Catfish is an MTV show based on the 2010 movie of the same name featuring host Neve Shawman's own experience being catfished or in other words being lured into a relationship by someone with a fake online profile. I'm obsessed with this show because I'm fascinated as to why people create fake accounts the catfishies never seem to learn what the signals are that the profile is fake despite watching the show and sometimes they are in an online relationship with someone for years without FaceTiming or getting more than a few photos. I'm even more obsessed with Teen Mum. The girls from Series 1 and 2 have become the most popular with Series 3 being cancelled after only one season. They were all filmed for an episode of 16 and Pregnant and have been followed by cameras ever since. With sex tapes to follow, jail time, losing custody, getting married, having more children, getting divorced, placing their child for adoption, having twins, having a child with a disability, it's the most drama-filled reality show I've ever seen. And when I get into a season, I can't not binge watch it. The catch-up specials with Dr. Drew are also fascinating and drama-filled. All seasons of Catfish and Teen Mum are on iTunes and Catfish is also airing on Friday nights on ABC2. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Wow. That was more research than we've ever done for an episode that was so good. 
That was so good. Do we even need to say anything? I that mean, was she's like, not wrong. Especially not with wrong. Teen Mum. That is such good television. Oh, I agree with both. And also, I love that Alina said that she was calling again because the one she did the night before was so shit. I feel like I want to hear that one. Like, had she had a few wines? I want to know why. Just a message. Also, right? you can drunk dial us. We love those Oh, messages. we love those. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll, I guess we'll do Catfish first. Freaking love Catfish. I think we've talked it. Have we? We've talked touched on it, it briefly. I haven't watched briefly. it a lot, but I know people are obsessed with it because that idea is just like it never gets old of people being yeah. tricked into a relationship. It's so amazing. A lot of people have um, insinuated that maybe a lot of the Catfish episodes are heavily produced, like not really real. But the thing is, it's so well edited. I don't care if they're not real. They're amazing. Like the best ones are the ones where like – Oh, God, I feel bad that I'm, like, reveling in people's misfortunes. When someone has, like, been chatting to someone for a year and they think they're in love and then they get there and the person is different. Um, I guess the awful thing is... It's always, it's almost always about physical appearance. So it's almost always the person catfishing is doing it because they think that they're really unattractive or overweight and they're worried that they won't be able to find someone without lying about who they are and what they look like. And it's kind of unfair, unfair that the pressure is then on the person who's been catfished to accept them or not. So it's like, yes, they've been lying to you about who they are, but are you really going to turn them down just because they're a bit fat? Yeah. And then it's on that person to go, well, yes. I feel really betrayed or no I'm a good person I love them anyway it's but oh my god it's so juicy I can't stop it's the best show and there's like if there's heaps of isn't there like five seasons yeah like there's that? so they much they just keep churning them out there's yeah. so many seasons because that movie was so popular you can watch Catfish the movie on Netflix and then like the series that has spun off from it is just next level juicy so that is such good recommendation and then Teen Mum I mean oh, please it is glorious best and you know show what? ever I know it's a little bit trashy but I don't feel bad watching it because obviously these girls got a lot of money for it so that's interesting up. to me though that you don't feel bad watching it but also, because shows like Embarrassing Bodies really bother you because they're exploitative. How is this show not exploitative? Oh, because I feel like they do, like, that girls have a lot of say over the editing and stuff. How? In terms, it's How in their contract. Do you know it's in their that? contract. I disagree. And also, I feel, like, I feel like a few times they've been exploited, but most of the time, I just feel like what's shown isn't too bad. Also, teen pregnancy. How is what's shown isn't too bad? I mean, Amber has been shown, like, taking drugs and then getting sent to prison and having her child being taken away from her. There's no way you can tell me that A, that isn't that bad and that B, she had control over that editing because if she did, she wouldn't have let them show it. I mean, it's all in the contracts they sign. Obviously, it's still exploiting them it's a little bit. It's all in the contracts that get, people on Embarrassing Bodies sign. But they get, a lot of, they get a lot of backup from the NTV producers and their legal team. They were at court with her and, I mean, obviously, it's not the best thing for them to be doing but also, like, they do get quite a bit of money from it which is good. They actually get a huge chunk so of So they're doing episode. it out of economic need. And so are the people on Embarrassing bodies. And the teen pregnancy rates across America significantly dropped after it aired, after 16 and Pregnant aired, after um, Teen Mum aired. So, I mean, that's good. It had, like, an, an educational experience. I don't know if that's true. I'd like the actual numbers on I'll that. I'll find them. I'm I feel that. like there's girls who would probably get pregnant so they could go on that show because it's made a lot of them famous. I feel like that happened later on, but not in that first lot with those first lot of girls. They didn't know what they were it's getting so into. It's so interesting to me that you don't consider and that show exploitative. And they have a fan base. I mean, I still don't think it's obviously the best thing for them to be doing, but I still... I don't know. They have such a supportive fan base and people love them so much. That's why they keep bringing them back instead of recasting because, like, people just love them. And they do that thing where they go into they schools and they know that they're crazy. I mean, f- I mean, I mean it's, it's not like Mother Teresa. It's not like an amazing show, but it's good See, TV. the difference between you and me, Laura, I think is that I know these shows, these shows are exploitative and I can admit that they are and say, I don't care. I love them anyway. 
Anyway, admit it. Teen Mom is really exploitative show. Okay, maybe slightly, but it's high but it's entertainment down value. Pregnancy rates, and sometimes they have a really happy ending, like when they raise their kids happily. And some of them get taken away, and that's sad. But then some of them get pregnant again and get married. Like, oh my god, Lena, this has been amazing. Catfish and Teen Mom, two Good of choices. the best recommendations ever. You've convinced us. You've reached Mamma Mia podcast. Leave your message after the tone. Hi, my name is Belinda and I'm from Manda in Victoria. I wanted to provide a recommendation for Animal Kingdom, which is on Netflix at the moment. So that, if you haven't already heard of that, it is the American um, version or adapted version of Animal Kingdom, the Australian movie. So that was on with Jackie Weaver and similar to the um, the mafia family, mafia type family we have here in Australia with oh, the matriarch, I've forgotten her name, but um, uh, that was an amazing movie from a few years ago. Um, and they've done an adaptation, an American version. Ellen Barkin plays the matriarch and she is amazing. Um, and the rest of the cast, the guys in it, the sons are um, relatively unknown, or they might be known in America, but I didn't really know them. And, um, yeah, the story, the characters, the cinematography, the way it's shot, um, the way you're kind of feeling uneasy the whole time because you're not sure what's going to happen is really good. I highly recommend you watch Animal Kingdom. Wow. Belinda, okay, first of all, I like that it sounds like you called from the car. I hope you're on hands-free because we're all about safety here at The Binge. Second, this is an actual show that someone has tried to convince me that for once I haven't watched. Have you watched it, Laura? No, I haven't. I loved the movie, and I, so I yeah. keep having the TV show on my top of my recommendation well, list. Well, see, because I love the movie, it's been at the bottom of my list. Oh, like really? I've been like, oh, I don't want to watch it. That's like often when U.S. shows adapt Australian films or shows doesn't quite work and and I've been really funny about it but as soon as Belinda just said that Ellen Barkin mm. plays the matriarch that kind of hooked me in because I love her as an actress. A lot of my friends have told me that I have to watch it because it takes the general idea from the movie but then just puts its own spin on it. So right. you could be watching it and it could just be a completely different show with different themes. They've just kind of loosely based it sort on of that. around a crime family. Yeah, who, and I think at yeah. half that's just in the marketing, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. sells itself on Netflix. The only reason I haven't watched it is obviously the movie's quite dark. Oh. And um, and the TV show is meant to be quite similar. And I'm you just like not in your, the place for a dark show right you now. You like your darkness in high schools with vampires. Yeah, I need like yeah. a vampire or something, <laughs> like a dragon. I don't know. That's going to be a slightly later in 2017 right. um, watch for me when I'm back in serious mode. But yeah, I've only heard good things about it. Yeah, no, I've heard good things too. And um, I think Belinda's convinced me to watch at least the first episode and see what I think. Because I had been avoiding it because I so loved the movie and I didn't want it to wreck it. But that sounds kind of good. Yeah, good call, Belinda. Yeah, good call, Belinda. Maybe just pull over next time, but yeah. thanks for calling in. <laughs> thanks, Belinda. That's all we have time for this episode, and I'm pretty sure that's all my voice can handle as well. Shouldn't have sung that Golden Girls theme song. I think that tipped me over the edge. Subscribe to us at apple.co forward slash Mamma Mia. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. If you want to tell us something, email us at thebinge at mamamia.com.au or call the pod phone on 02 899 9386. Maybe you could end up on an episode like this one. 
I'm Rosie Waterland. I'm Laura Brodnick. And The Binge is produced by the lovely Eliza Ratliff for the Mamma Mia Podcast Network. The executive producer of podcasts is Monique Foley. And the head of entertainment is Holly Wainwright. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.